Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on King Jordan Radio for Tuesday, May the 13th, 2014. This is King Jordan you're listening to. Today on the show, we, we might have Jim Powers, formerly of the WWF. Also, we'll be talking wrestling and a whole lot more. Here to discuss that with us is our wrestling insider. He hails from Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Double J. JJ, good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you? As you said, uh, great to be on, King. As you said, it should be an awesome show tonight. Hopefully you get to hear from Jim Powers, as you mentioned, uh, recapping Monday Night Raw yesterday, as well as some other shows uh, tonight, of course, on the WWE Network that's airing right now, actually. Uh, main event is live, I believe, Paul Heyman will be kicking off the show. Also tonight they have a new episode of WWE Countdown, which will feature some of the top ten greatest ladder matches. So that should be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, WWE has had so many classic ladder matches over the years. Oh, really? Really? Very interesting. Um, Okay, uh, I see we have some other callers. Let's see who we have. Line four, you are on King Jordan Radio. What we got? Line four, you're on. Okay. Let's try line two. Uh, line two, your line is open. Yo, what what's got? up? Hello. I'm in. Hey, Good King, evening. what's up? Hey, uh, this is, of course, Dominic from the Wrestling Hot Seat. You could hear him at 212-629-1900. How are you, Dominic Valente? How you doing, King? Doing good. JJ, what's up, bro? What's up, Dominic? Great to have you on, man. Yeah, glad to be on. How you, how you guys doing? All right? All right. Absolutely cool. good. We're, we're, we're tentatively scheduled to have Jim Powers, so hopefully he will call in. And uh, we'll uh, give Jim Powers some questions. Um, But I wanted to start the show off uh, with something that happened, an anniversary. Uh, Let's take a listen, and we'll debate it on the other side. Eleven years ago this week, on May 1st, 2003, Miss Elizabeth passed away. Her real name was Elizabeth Hewlett, 42 years old. The cause of death was acute toxicity from mixing vodka and pain pills that she had been taking for a bad back. They ruled it an accidental overdose. She started choking, I guess, while she was eating. Lex Luger, who was her uh, living boyfriend at the time, called 911 because he noticed she wasn't breathing. She was turning purple, and so he called 911. Cops ended up arresting Luger on felony drug possession charges. They searched his house. They found over 1,000 illegal pills anabolic steroids, testosterone, a bunch of other drugs. Luger pleaded guilty to possession. 
first-time offender, so he only got probation and uh, had to submit to drug tests to prove that he was no longer taking steroids. He and Elizabeth had been together going back to the dying days of WCW. Uh, there was a domestic dispute between the two less than a month before her death, where Luger allegedly hit her, gave her two bruised eyes and a cut lip. So a real winner, this guy. Um, you know, her death was really sad. I mean, I, like a lot of you guys, grew up on Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth when I was a kid. And I don't know that Macho Man would have been as successful as he was without her. You know, he would have been okay, but she put that whole act over the top. You know, she really did. She was as important a part of that act as anything else. And she didn't do much, but she didn't have to do much. She would come out there. She knew how to play her character perfectly. She was this, you know, perfect uh, picture of class. She would come out wearing these these great classy outfits, and she would be, uh, you know, she was kind of timid. And she would stand by her man, and she would wave to the fans, and she, you know, she she was perfect. She was just perfect in that role. And uh, I think it was a big part of why Macho Man ended up getting over as a babyface. It had a lot to do with people loving Liz. Even when Macho was a heel, people didn't hate Elizabeth. She didn't do anything uh, evil or nefarious or interfere and low-blow people or trip them or any of that kind of BS. She was who she was. She would, uh, you know, Macho kind of abused her. I say abused, but, you know, he would talk down to her and stuff like that. That was all part of his character. Uh, and you felt bad for her. You felt sympathy for her. You, it was impossible to hate her even when Macho Man was a heel. And, uh, you know, th there were stories that Elizabeth was actually uh, called what they, what they call a ring rat back in the day, which is basically a woman who hangs around the wrestlers looking to have sex with them. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is. There's been stories like that for a long time that that's kind of how she ended up with Randy. You know, and also that she used to be a lot heavier than we all remember her being. She lost a bunch of weight, and that's why she looked the way that she did. But apparently before that, she had been... Uh, how heavier, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen a picture, so I have no way of knowing. But she got involved with Randy Savage, working for his dad's promotion at the time, ICW. And they got married in 84. Breaking kayfabe here. They didn't actually get married at SummerSlam in 91. They were married a long time before that. Uh, she did commentary for ICW for a while and then came over when Randy came to WWE in 85. And they did that great angle where all the managers were vying for the services of Randy Savage. There's no better way to try to get somebody over as being a big deal than having all the managers go crazy and saying, I want this guy. And they're all kind of uh, hustling each other and, and bidding against each other. And it made Savage's debut into a really big deal. And then finally, when it comes time for D-Day, you know, who, who do he pick as his manager – as it turned out, it was none of the usual suspects. It wasn't Slick. It wasn't Fred Blassie. It wasn't Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart. Uh, he introduced Elizabeth. That was her debut, and she was stunning when she walked out there. There were also stories that it was her idea. The whole genesis of the Mega Powers angle, which to me is one of the best in the history of that company, was supposedly an idea that originated with Elizabeth. I don't know how uh, involved in that whole process she was. She, I mean, storyline-wise, she was a big part of it. She was the reason they broke up. <laughs> um, but that whole Mega Powers angle, from the moment it started, when they became allies, to the moment they broke up on that uh, main event show, when Savage you know, bailed on Hogan during the tag match and attacked him backstage, uh, that, angle was so, that, that angle was so great. It was just such great stuff. And Elizabeth was a huge part of that. And apparently behind the scenes, she may have been a big part of that as well. 
they did the reunion of WrestleMania 7 when Savage and Liz reunited and you know, I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, I go back and watch that angle and those damn uh, ninja chopping onions get to me sometimes. I'm mad enough to admit it. Uh, that was awesome stuff. And we had some people actually recently on our Facebook group posting pictures of uh, some of the fans that they showed in the audience from WrestleMania 7 when they reunited. Very emotional. You'd expect a lot of women to get all teary-eyed and stuff like that, and they did. And Bobby Heenan was awesome on commentary. They would show these women crying in the crowd. It was supposed to be a feel-good moment. And they show them, and Heenan's on commentary just going, oh, maybe her shoes are too tight, you know? Shouldn't have had the chili dog with onions. And, uh, and then they show this one kid, a guy. I don't know what the fuck this guy was wearing. I guess maybe like a, a, his own uh, homemade macho man hat, which is probably why he looks so ridiculous. The actual macho man hat looked ridiculous. Imagine a homemade version. But he's like crying and smiling, and it was just the most hilarious thing. Uh, so they did that whole thing, the wedding at SummerSlam 91, uh, the whole thing with Flair heading into WrestleMania in 92, she was mine before she was yours, e- even when the match was over, you know, and Savage won the belt, and Flair grabbed Elizabeth, and he's like, you know, what about me? And he kisses her, he forces himself on her, and Liz just starts like wildly slapping the crap out of Flair. Very rare that you saw Elizabeth get physical in WWE. It did happen sometimes, this stuff with Sherry and all that, but... Uh, that was a great angle as well that year. Um, at, you know, and, and as was the case with a lot of people who went from WWE to WCW, they never really did anything with her. Nothing memorable anyway. She was back with Randy for a bit. I think she may have turned on him again. She joined the NWO. She never felt special. And that was the case with a lot of people when they went on, especially the, not necessarily even the main event people, but maybe mid-card type people. When they came over to WCW, they took the big fat paycheck to come over because they had a name at one point, so they gave them a contract. They never meant the damn thing. It was never, ever uh, a situation where they could recapture that magic. It just, it just never happened, and you know, it was the same thing with her. Um, but... She will uh, go down, I think, as one of the more influential figures and influential managers. You, you think of her a little bit differently. She wasn't out there taking bumps. She wasn't out there cheating and that kind of stuff. But she played her role perfectly, and she served a very important role, I think, in the career of, of, of Randy Savage. And uh, I don't think that should be forgotten. And all this talk about how Macho Man deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and every single year there's this big movement to get Macho Man inducted and will he ever be inducted – I, I hope and think he will be at some point, but we, we've got to keep Elizabeth in that conversation as well. And I would even advocate that when that day comes that Macho Man is inducted into the Hall of Fame, that same year, that same class, maybe even as a package deal, it should be the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth together going into the Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, JJ, I want to start with you on that uh, first uh, let me introduce uh, from the uh, Chicago Sun uh, the one and only Blackjack Brown. Good evening, Blackjack. How are you? King, I'm doing great. Do- uh, Dominic, how are you, my brother? Blackjack, good evening, my man. How you doing? JJ, how are you? Brother Blackjack, what's going on? Okay, all the brothers are in the house. Okay. All right. As uh, the clip indicated, we're talking about Elizabeth who passed away uh, 2002, around this time. J.J., let's start with you. What was your thoughts of Elizabeth and the passing? 
I think, uh, you know, they, they really hit it over the head. I mean, what a, uh, in the ring, you know, in the WWE especially, when she first came onto the scene and she managed Randy Savage, I mean, she was always a class act, you know, the first lady of wrestling. And it, it was an interesting point that he made that even when Savage, if he was a good guy, if he was a bad guy, especially the bad guy, you know, Miss Elizabeth was never the valet or the manager that, you know, used herself to distract the referee or, you know, trip Savage opponents or really interfere in the match. She was always kind of used in the sense that Savage would just show that he was the, you know, the heel. You know, he would sort of abuse her with his words or he would, you know, just kind of be real like like, like a bully. You know, he never really, you know, crossed the line or anything, but he always kind of mistreated her, and you always felt sympathy towards her, and it just made you hate Savage more, which was great, you know, especially when he was a heel. But then when, you know, he was a face and they were all, you know, sort of lovey-dovey, it was just it was just a real a sweet moment. And as he pointed out with the reunion with WrestleMania Seven and seeing them together, it, it was just a, a real awesome uh, just moment, you know. As he pointed out, fans were, were crying, they were so happy, and they were just really in the moment. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing in wrestling when you're captivated by what's going on in the ring and you have that emotional connection. I think a lot of fans, uh, women especially, felt a, a connection to Miss Elizabeth and what she did in the WWE. And, uh, you know, she, I always think that, uh, you know, she was always just a class act, a real classy lady. And, you know, I, I agree with him. I think uh, it would be great if she made it in the Hall of Fame. She definitely deserves it. She is fondly remembered. People still talk about her today. I think she even has her own uh, action figure by Mattel. Mattel released a Miss Elizabeth figure a few years ago. So she's still, uh, you know, in the minds of wrestling fans even today. So uh, I think even in the video game that we had that we talked about uh, with uh, Brian Shields, you know, they have this moment of WrestleMania and reliving all the WrestleMania moments. And one of the moments is when Savage and, you know, Miss Elizabeth were in the ring and you see their digital, you know, counterparts in the video game. So the fact that she's still featured, like I said, in toys and merchandise and video games, I mean, she's still remembered fondly and loved by fans today, so it would be really great if she made it into the Hall of Fame, especially if it was, like they said, a package deal where you induct both Savage and Miss Liz together. That would be really cool. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, Dominic Valente, what's your thoughts on Elizabeth? Uh, Miss Elizabeth was great. You think of Macho Man Randy Savage, and right away you think of Miss Elizabeth. Think of Miss Elizabeth, you think of Macho Man right away. I think they both belong in the Hall of Fame. Miss Elizabeth was a class act. Like you guys said, she never did anything to interfere, never tripped Macho Man's opponent, and she never distracted even the referee. Even when Macho Man was the bad guy, you always loved Miss Elizabeth. And the thing that I had heard back in the day was, Macho Man lived his character too much in real life, and that's what caused a breakup with him and uh, with him and Miss Elizabeth. To wind up with Luger, I think that was a step down. I was never a fan of Lex Luger, and people say today Lex Luger killed Miss Elizabeth because it was her, his fault that she started using painkillers and mixing different medications, and he had steroids in his house that you would give to a freaking racehorse. 
I had heard. I don't know if those were anything Elizabeth took, but just being around that environment wasn't safe for somebody like her. Yeah, he was an enabler for her. Yeah. I mean, she has to take some responsibility. She was a grown lady, but, you know, God knows uh, what he was, uh, you know, he could have had stuff in the, you know, there was a lot of drinking and, and when there's drinking, who knows if she dropped pills in there. Yep. You know, it's very sad, very sad. Black and Jack, they do have a couple of versions of a Miss Elizabeth action figure, and they, they really are good. She she was a real sweetheart. Never got a chance to meet her, but I wish I had. Oh, no question. One of the best. From the first lady of wrestling, the uh, first good lady of wrestling in terms of... Um, you know, managing and sex appeal. Before Sonny, there was Elizabeth. Before Trish, there was Elizabeth. I'm putting this on on the line right now. Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man Randy Savage will 99.9% get inducted to the Hall of Fame next year. Uh, I hope you're right. It's long overdue for both of them. Awesome. Okay, Blackjack. People uh, get flipped over. Uh, the the leaders of the world, uh, Sonny, I think Miss Elizabeth will be in there uh, next year, along with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, um, Lanny Puffo. Uh, this leads to believe that possibly uh, it, it's time. Um. Do you think she was the best uh, first lady, if you will, like a hundred and ten percent, of course. Uh, and uh, what, what's your opinion, Blackjack, on the whole Lex Luger situation? Do you hold him accountable? No. No, he was so, convicted. No. You, you, you know, you're in that kind of situation. He was able to to, to, to get what she needed. He didn't say, well, take uh, more than you, you, you really need. I, he was we, able to, we don't know uh, who weren't in the room. Say again? We don't know. We don't know. We weren't there. That's why we can't make judgment on something like that. You are correct. Yeah, but you just said it. You just said that he bears responsibility. Say it again? Or he doesn't bear responsibility? Okay. He probably felt guilty, you know, any probably person would okay. in that kind of situation, you know? Ladies and gentlemen, I have to stop you for a second. Let me please introduce to you, he is a former WWF superstar. He is a former WCW superstar. He wrestled the likes of Macho Man Randy Savage, King Harley Race. He's a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome making his debut to King George Radio. The one, the only, oh, and don't let me forget, he was also in the wrestler, Jim Powers. Good evening, Jim, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you, pal? Very good. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. No problem. 
I just want to let you know that you're on the phone with the wrestling insider, JJ, uh, photographer and writer, Chicago Sun-Times. You probably met him before, Blackjack Brown. And How are you, Jim? Hot, sure, absolutely. Uh, Dominic Valente. And, of course, you are on with New York Daily Zone, News Zone, King Jordan, myself. So, uh, how how are you? With, how's everything going with you? Uh, things are going very well, um, other than the injuries I sustained during my career as a professional wrestler and trying to work around them. Uh, life is good. I can't complain. No, it, uh, I should, <laughs> one, only one thing I can say is I... I may, sh- I, sh- I should have listened to the veterans back in the day that told me to take it easy and not work so hard. This way, my longevity would, I could stretch out my longevity. But um, that wasn't my mentality at the time, and I'm sure uh, a lot of the young talent today, from what I see on TV, are doing the same thing. They're just really, they're really knocking it out of the ballpark. They're doing one hell of a job. Okay, let's go around the panel. Uh, we'll each ask one question. Uh, let me hand the mic over to uh, Double J, our wrestling insider. Go for it, JJ. Well, Jim, uh, let me just say it's a great pleasure to be able to speak with you. You know, as a fan, I've watched you know you over the years in the WWF or the WWE today or WCW. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, being uh, you know, so many veterans were telling you to maybe slow it down and to think of, you know, your longevity in the long run. And a lot of superstars today in wrestling, they often get the same advice, but they still have that sort of daredevil, you know, mentality of trying to, you know, give the fans their money worth. But uh, a lot of careers, unfortunately, are ended early. And as you mentioned, your injury, I believe you had a debilitating neck injury, which really kind of forced you to retire you know you didn't retire one day and say yo you know i think tomorrow or today will be the day you were kind of in a predicament where you were forced into retirement and how did that weigh on you when you didn't really have an option but you just you were forced into retirement um to clear one thing up the neck was secondary to the hip um i realized that my hip was more of a problem than my neck was my neck is still a problem but it's not something that I couldn't work around if I had to. My hip, I was just uh, a real a real mess with that, and I really didn't see it coming. It was such a gradual thing that it was one point I was uh, traveling with my daughter through the airport, and I couldn't keep up with her because I had to drag my left leg. Um, and I ended up having three surgeries on my hip. Now, to do anything to get back in the ring and to even try to make a oh, a, a semi-appearance uh, in, in, in wrestling tights, which I wouldn't do, uh, it would be foolish of me to do that. It would be uh, against my my own my own uh, uh, my own feelings. Not even what my doctor would say, because a lot of the wrestlers and talent. Uh, we we don't listen to what the veterans told us, to what the doctors tell us. Like you said earlier, we uh, we we're told by veterans and people that should know better and probably do know better, but we're still young, we're dumb, and we're just full of it. You know, we just we think that we can run through brick walls, and 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 that's just that's just the mentality of a young person. And I had it. 
and I don't think there's too many people my age, uh, uh, 56 years old now, that that uh, look back and and uh, and say, well, I I, I should have. Li-. Well, I I can say I should have listened, but was I going to listen? No, I wasn't going to listen. I was going to do it my way, and that's what happened, and that's what's happening now. I don't. I don't foresee a lot of the young talent now and what they're doing. I, I don't foresee their career expectancies being too long because they're selling so much high-impact action that um, no one, very rarely do they settle on a hold, come up from a hold, go back to a hold. Um, but, no, I, I, I should have listened to, to the veterans and, maybe extend my career, extend my quality of life. Um, Not to say I'm having a bad quality of life now, but I have a lot of aches and pains that keep me up at night. And the last thing you want to do is start taking medications that doctors give you and, uh, you know, one turns to three, three turns to six, and so on and so forth. Um, But uh, I, I I hope that the kids today... Um, are making enough money, and I, I believe they are. They're making quite a bit more money than we did back in the day, and, and things are different from what I understand. They have tour buses, which was unheard of, you know, back in our day. So I, I think the whole thing, the whole uh, business has changed considerably, and uh, more power to them. I just hope that the WWE is also helping the, uh, the kids uh, learn how to, uh, other than the wellness program, learn how to handle their money because I, I'm assuming they still get paid as a subcontractor, which means they get a 1099. Teach them how to get medical insurance. Teach them how to invest their money. Teach them how to set up a 401K or a pension plan or something for the future because in wrestling, I don't know that it's changed. The company doesn't really have anything for you. So it's up to you to take care of yourself, and I hope they're they're doing that. I hope they're teaching the young talent how to take care of themselves when the business. I say this kind of kind of sarcastically when the business is done with you, because no wrestler is ever done with the business. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jim. Uh, I just before we get to Dominic. Uh, now, you said you were hurt, and the doctor prescribed you uh, painkillers. Did you have any situations where you found yourself maybe hooked on it? No. You know, I did no, it sometimes. I was, I was taking quite a bit, but I, I was always very health conscious, and uh, I, I never wanted anything to, uh, to control me. If I couldn't control it, then I was done with it. You know, it was that's just the, the just the way I was. You know, that's how I got into weightlifting, yeah. bodybuilding, things like that. I had to control it, and I always questioned every pill that they gave me when I was in rehab for my hip. I questioned them every morning. What is this pill? What is that pill? And you'd be surprised how many times they didn't have a correct answer for me. Yeah, they have to do well, it. Well, you know, I saw Billy Jack Haynes, and I think he was fired on YouTube, and he said that they got him hooked on codeine. So I was very troubled to see that. You know, it was an old video, but 
I guess, uh, you know, you are the person you have to, you know, set it aside and not, you know, you're the one who ultimately makes the decision if you're going to take extra pills. Agreed? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what brought it to my attention was I was on this oxycodone, this, this uh, medication that these kids are taking now to get high, and I, my wife had come oh, to yeah. visit me. I was on 280 milligrams a day, and uh, my wife had come to the rehab uh, facility for my hip, and she says, can you see me? Can you hear me? Do you understand? And I did. I didn't understand. I couldn't see very clearly. And she says, I believe you're you're over you're you're over medicated. And she was right. You know, I uh, I backed off the medication. I did it myself. I mean, they'd give me as much as I wanted. And I see where it would it can become very addicted and um, oh, yeah. ment- mentally and physically. Um, physically, it's it's terrible. You know, I went from 280 milligrams a day down to wow. now now maybe I take a, a half a pill a day if I have to if needed you know so it's uh it's 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 something that you really have to be aware of otherwise it can suck you in and, and destroy your life no question about it okay let's go to Dominic for the next question Jimmy Powers pleasure to talk to you bro um I remember Years ago, you were involved with a promotion with Joey G. <laughs> yeah. What happened with that? I remember George Ann telling me that George, uh, that Jimmy Powers is now working with Joey G, doing some independent stuff. And I was glad to see that you were still active and around, even though not in the WWF. I said, all right, one of my favorites, he's doing local indies. That was, uh, for the most part, that was a transitional period for me between uh, World Wrestling Federation when I was uh, when they were done with me at the end of 94 and we started doing something Joey Joey was a big is a big wrestling fan and he said well why don't we just run a couple of shows and as time went on and it was it was a, a couple bucks in my pocket a couple bucks in his pocket and a payday for some of the boys that we used for for all the boys that we used everyone got paid um, and it's nothing that was ever set in stone that we were going to do for any length of time. For me, like I said, it was a transitional period from WWF to hopefully WCW, which did work out very well for me. Oh, okay. A minute ago, how old did you say you were? Uh, 56. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you I said you 76. Say- I said, that, there's no way that can be. <laughs> Well, my birth certificate will indicate that it is, but, yeah, but uh, I, I like to, I like, like that. I like to say, you know, maybe forty-six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no problem with that. Okay, let's go over to Blackjack Brown for the next question. Blackjack, your turn. Brother Jim, how you doing, my brother? This Blackjack with the glove. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the ghetto glove, as the honky tonk man said it here. Been around longer than dirt. <laughs> exactly. Oh um, I saw you and uh, Paul Roma last year in, in Jersey with the uh, convention, and you looked pretty damn good at, at that time. Uh, and it looks like you guys can probably get back in the ring as a tag team. What are the possibilities? Have you and Paul talked to, uh, about that aspect? We've seen the uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn come back, you know, and 
kicking ass. I know you guys can do it too. What's your thoughts about that? Well, for me, for me, it would actually be a physical thing with my hip right now. I couldn't do anything. But if my hip were fine, uh, I could get in the ring and wrestle with them and do what Road Dogg and Billy Gunn are doing. Um, but uh, Paul and I, we put on a good front. But I'm, I'm sure the, the rumors are out there and the people know that there's, we, we, we always had a difficult time getting along. I try to be nice about it as we get older um, and say that it was a personality conflict. We come to two individuals that come from two different worlds. You know, I, I come from a blue-collar world. Paul comes from a white-collar world. Um, Paul, at the age of 26, when I met him, he had a two-story townhouse in Connecticut with plush carpeting and big-screen TV. I mean... He had everything that you can think of, black lacquer furniture, a china closet with Lennox China in it. I mean, two store, I mean, I, so I couldn't understand what this kid was doing in the wrestling business, and here I was living in a basement apartment in New Jersey. So, so that'll tell you that there is a cultural difference between the two of us right there, and I've always tried to keep it professional, but from what I understand, Paul had come out and said something derogatory on one of... Uh, um, who's the kid that makes those uh, DVDs? Uh, uh, Rob Feinstein. Rob Feinstein, yeah, the, the uh, child perverter kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> he, he had his own TV show for a little while, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he's coming out with a new wrestling promotion. That's the world of a... Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder how old you have to be <laughs> to be a part of that. But, yeah, uh, I think you got to be under 10 to get in, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I had, I had heard through the grapevine that, that, that Paul had said some derogatory things. And I had, done a, I had done a DVD for Rob, and after I heard about uh, Paul's DVD, I called Rob and I said, would you do me a favor? I said, just for my own self, would you please send me a copy of the DVD? And he said, yeah, no problem, Jim, no problem, Jim. Well... It's it's been about a year now, so I have not gotten a copy of it. Are I was just serious? curious. I'm, I was you, curious. You, to, I'm serious. Yeah. Canelo, fifteen dollar DVD, and and he didn't do that for you. No, no, he didn't do it. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't do it. I says I just want to know. You know, I want to compare what Paul had to say as in, in regards to what I had to say, and maybe we can do something together. You know, interview Jim Powers interview Paul Roma and then let's interview the young stallions yeah. and uh, it never it never came to and that's Paul and terrible I, were, I mean you do from a business standpoint you know he's gonna you know that's that's not good you know you're a good guy I was back there in the locker room with you 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 know why do that to to you know especially with his bad rap you know I, I mean, don't People, I this is the second time I'm hearing this today when I, I was discussing it with someone that I was doing a radio show tonight, and they said there's something about Paul Roman. They said, my God, what the hell is with him? Why, why don't people like him? And I said, I, I, I don't. And I can only speak for myself and my experiences. But um, he just was, you know, after he never wants to acknowledge the Young Stallions. Well, the Young Stallions, unfortunately, or fortunately, or what put him and I on the map. You know, oh, yeah. They were going to put the world championship belts on us, but when the company finds out that 
the two individuals just can't get along with each other. And maybe that's immaturity, and I'd like to chalk it up to that, personality conflict, all those things that are politically correct. But um, they, the company finds out about stuff like that, and at the time, tag team belts and world belts and all that, they, were, they meant a lot. You were a representation of that company. They just yeah. weren't going to put a belt on anybody. Unfortunately, they do it today, but they weren't going to put a belt on anybody, so they just put them on the strike to create another team, the strike force. You know, and no that question. Was, uh, and, 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 and I don't. On the King Jordan show, uh, Jim. Uh, you know, as I was uh, finding pictures of you on Google, and I asked you this question a couple of years back. You, you had that look. You had. You should have had the title. You should have been pushed more in the WWE. I know what you said a couple of years ago uh, in terms of the answer. Uh, I don't know if you want to say you know, address that again. But it makes well, the me situation in WWE, when I was there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean it from the heart. I look at you and I see a good-looking guy who has the build, he has the look. You should have been fighting Warriors of the World, Hogan's of the World. I'm not just saying this because you're on my show. I had Honky here. I had Rick Flair here. I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I've seen you on the picture. You you had that look. I can't. I and it, to this day it mind boggles me why Jim Powers didn't at least have the Intercontinental Title. Your well, thoughts? I think I think it was that look that that the uh, higher ups in the office um, liked to look at themselves <laughs> and wanted more of. Are you talking about the uh, scandals? That yeah. you know whether mm-hmm. you know, they, you know there was it was different. I don't know what's going on up there now. Um, I can only speculate because I see you know certain individuals. That I don't want to name names that I don't feel have the talent to be in the position they are. But back in the day when Vince had a little bit more fire in him, um, and he had, and so did Pat and Terry Garvin and. Um, Mel Gibson, uh, not Mel Gibson, excuse me, Mel Phillips, and uh, there was a bunch of them. I mean, can somebody please give me an answer as to why the Brooklyn Brawler's still there, probably making over a couple hundred thousand dollars a year? <laughs> yes, yes, he has a lifetime job. Yeah, he's got a <laughs> lifetime job. And, you know, and uh, I was an individual that was not going to compromise myself um, in right. any way. Perform, and I know I know there are some, and some are with us, some have passed, some, are, and I'm not gonna, you know, name names or, but, um, you know, I, I I actually had talked to one of the individuals after I got approached, and I said, listen, I would rather pump gas on the New Jersey Turnpike than do what you're asking me to do. And this, this individual said, "Well, it's, it's not. It's not for me. I'm a middleman. I'm, I, he got, I would it make a difference if I, if I told you who it was? I said, I don't really give a crap who it is. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. I still have to look in the mirror." And how old every... were you, Jim, when this uh, middle guy approached you for the first uh, time? My God, <sighs> ooh, I was probably in my late twenties. I was in my late twenties, right. early. Yeah, my late twenties, early thirties. You know, and uh, well, I just, I just didn't. Did want, you know, you know that that was going around? Did you know that was going around? That that might come to you, 
or that came from yeah. left field? No, it didn't come from left field. Um, it 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 uh, it was. <laughs> They they, they kind of worked it pretty good. They uh, this one individual worked it pretty good over the course of a few weeks, where he said, "Listen, Jim, we're having a hard time booking you. Listen, Jim, we're having a hard time booking you. I'll do the best I can. Listen, Jim, we're having a okay on and on and on and on." And then <laughs> finally, one night, he says, "Jim, he says I got something for you that you can make some money." And and after he got done describing to me what it was, and I says, "You know, my God, what?" I said, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, again, I'm going to quote myself. I'd rather pump gas on the New Jersey Turnpike. So, so that's just, the reason why uh, you couldn't get the world title, I'm assuming. Well, it's not the world <laughs> title or the intercontinental or the tag, whatever. You know, the tag team belts were supposed to go on us, but um, I, I think Brett and Jim didn't want to put, put uh, drop them on us because they knew we weren't getting along, so they gave them Drop them to the nasties, but anyway, um, no, that's that's not why. I, uh, Roddy Piper, from what I understand, was a a very big helping hand because Roddy and I were very close, or I should say, we are very close. And uh, he was Roddy was a street kid from the age of uh, 15, 16 years old, and street kids do what street got to do to survive. And um, he was a survivor, and I always say that Rowdy Roddy Piper was way rowdy, way before he got into wrestling, you know, and uh, he got wind of it, and at the time, he was hot, and uh, he, he called up, uh, he called up Vince, and um, brought it to his attention, not that Vince didn't know, but brought it to Vince's attention in a business-like manner, I would imagine, and uh, then they, I was called up and put back to work. And my good friend uh, Jim Helwig, Jim, Jim Helwig, Ultimate Warrior, he kept me working, you know, by by uh, pushing, you know, pushing me myself on Vince, you know. How Jim shocked Helwig were you when you heard of the Warrior uh, passing? That's uh, her first interview I've done, and uh, I've been asked to do a few every week, and. Uh, I was it was really tough. Uh, my wife woke me up at like seven in the morning, and she was watching the CBS News, and we had just got done watching them the night before on Raw. Yeah. And uh, I I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I I know he battled. And Jim was a a stressful, stressful, intense individual. If any of you have ever met him. You'll know what I'm talking about. He didn't live life calmly. He lived life. He uh, he thrived on stress and intensity right. and all that. And I think my personal opinion is that when the battle was over with Vince McMahon, financial, the legal battles, the financial battles, all the battles they've had, ever and and fences were mended supposedly, if they ever are with Vince. When fences ended, I don't know that Jim had anything else to fight for. Wow. You know, I really, I mean, I I, I, I looked, I I mean, I looked on, I read that internet and the computer and all that stuff, and I couldn't, I I wanted to go and, and, and speak or say something or pay my respects and I don't know where he is. 
you know, I know where I know where he is, but I don't know where he's buried or memorialized or any of that stuff. And Jim was a good friend of mine in the business. There was a we had a little click too. Um, not too many people knew about it. It was myself. It was Jim. It was Ultimate. I'm um, sorry. It was uh, it was myself. It was Jim Ultimate Warrior. It was uh, Owen Hart. It was Hillbilly Jim, Davy Boy, Dynamite, and Brett when he can make it on time. <laughs> so I mean, we, we kind of ran together, you know, and um, and, I, and people say to me, well, you seem to have, you know, gotten along with a lot of the higher up guys, you know, how can that be? I said, well, I don't know. I was a preliminary mid-road guy, you know, with the potential to be top, you know, on top at, at one point, but I don't know. Maybe they just didn't look at me like that, like, oh, we're not going to deal with this guy because he's on the bottom rung of the ladder. They just, I, I, I could tell you stories about nights I've had, Piper and I and and Warrior and, 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 and Undertaker and guys just, we just we just got along and we clicked real well. But as beginning back to Jim and, and, and his death, it's just, I, I, the only thing I can make of it, and this guy lived the cleanest life, the, the life that, I mean, anything you read on PX190 or whatever, <laughs> Exercise, exercise, dietitian, nutritional show that they want to put on the TV. He lived it ten times more intense, if not a hundred. And I, I, I just can't fathom how he died like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, there's no answer for it. There's, there's no, there's no reason for it other than the only 54 thing. Fifty-four years that, old. Fifty-four years old. Yeah. Years old. Actually thought him and I Terrible. were the same age, but but he was just did not look right, and he was just stressed, and every every moment I think he may may have thought that he was under the microscope, and I'm sure he was. He, he pissed off a lot of people on the internet, and they pissed him off. But and he would get I, I saw some things on the internet after afterwards because I started looking, and my God, just talking into his I don't know I think he's got an Ultimate Warrior TV station or something. And he, yeah. he was just talking, and he was just getting red, and veins were popping out of his head, and he was so intense and so stressed, and so. But that's always the way he's been. I mean, him and I would share a room together on the road, and in the middle of the night he'd wake up and he'd start doing crunches on the floor, you know, for his ab- abdominal muscles, and then he'd want to go find a gym. I said, "Well, it's 4:30 in the morning, or in Des Moines, Iowa. Where are you going to find a gym?" You know, but he found a gym, and I mean that's just the way he was. And the only thing I could attribute it to is the battle with Vince McMahon, the financial battle. Everything, everything was had, had had been mended, as far as we know. All the fences had been mended. There was no more battles. The war was over, and then he died. So yeah, there was no question. And he uh, he got to do the nice, beautiful speech at the Hall of Fame. He did his uh, war, uh, warrior thing. He made amends with Hogan, Jake the Snake, Scott Hall, uh, Kevin Nash. So it was almost, I hate to say it, but it was almost destined uh, the way he went out, you know. I, I agree with you. I, 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 don't, I, I like to think that all the things that you mentioned there, I would like to think that they were all legitimate. And the men that you mentioned uh, that he made amends with, I'd like to think they were um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? They were it, it came from their heart, and they really meant it. Genuine. And they and, well, excuse me. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I want, let's go over to JJ for the next uh, question for you. JJ. Sure, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned with the Ultimate Warrior, and we were getting towards you know his last uh, appearance on Raw when he gave that speech, and he mentioned that even during the speech that you know every man's heart one day beats its final beat his lungs breathe their final breath. I mean, as you pointed out, you know, he had this war with the WWE and Vince and all these, you know, legal issues, and then finally they made peace, they made amends, they buried the hatchets, and then it felt like he finally, you know, put an end to that battle, and this was just his way of kind of signing off and kind of saying goodbye, you know, and riding off into the sunset. It uh, it was very eerie, to say the least. Here is an understatement. It reminds me, the way you tell the story, and I've thought about it myself on many occasions um, since he's passed, it reminds me of someone who's in their deathbed, and I think you guys know where I'm going with this, and they're holding on and they're holding on and they're holding on, and everyone around them knows they're going to they're gonna die. I mean, there's no way this person's going to live. They're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die. They're not going to die until they see the person they want to see. And then they let go. You know, and, uh, Absolutely. So I, I just want to give a shout-out to the New York Rangers, who are up 2-1, going into the uh, third period. <laughs> Don't mean to bring sports into this, but uh, it oh, is no, game that's, seven. That's a big game. <laughs> it, it, uh, it put a smile on but my let's, face. Uh, let's go over to uh, Dominic Valente. Uh, for the next question, please. Yeah, um, Jimmy, when you teamed with um, with Paul Roma and you see a tag team on TV, you you feel like the guys are best friends. They travel together. They they hang out together. And with you, it sounded like it was just the direct opposite. It was. Um, my, there's a story that comes to mind that, Paul and I, we'd flown in, I don't know from where, into L.A. And we were going, we had a show somewhere north of Los Angeles. And uh, I don't know the town right now, but I remember being on the highway in a rental car by myself and rolling up alongside and looking to my right and seeing Paul Roma in a rental car by himself. And us just looking at each other, shaking our heads. Um, and I said, "Well, this is this is it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it. It can't get any lower than this." Now I heard a story about Paul Roma back in the day when he teamed with Hercules, that he was approached the same way you mentioned, and you mentioned that sick bastard Mel Phillips, right? And he was approached the same way, and they said to him, to Paul Roma, if you do. What we ask you, we'll make you and Hercules tag team champions. And he said no. And Hercules always ribbed him and said, if you'd have done what they said, we could have been tag team champions. See what you went and done? And Herc always teased him about that because he said no. Yeah, no, it wasn't Herc they wanted. No, no, it was Paul Roma, but but Herc always teased him and said, you should have did what they said. We could have been tag champions. Yeah, Herc had nothing to lose. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, it, 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 it uh, 
not amazes me. It, 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 I get befuddled, I guess, when I think about um, Paul. What happened to Paul Roma after the Young Stallions? Well, Paul Roma had a little stint of being singles, doing some singles matches, and having the gall to beat Marty to give to get a win over Marty Jannetty and stand on Marty Jannetty's chest. That's number one. Number two, eventually he found himself another mark. Uh, not say a mark, I shouldn't say that, God rest his soul. He found himself someone he could attach himself to, Hercules. Right. Now, what are we going to call that team? Well, we're going to call it Power and Glory. Well, who's going to be Glory? Well, Monsoon used to call them Herc and Jerk. <laughs> Who did? Monsoon. Monsoon Jerk. Gorilla. <laughs> oh, God, that's fantastic. I'd love to hear that. Well, it's true. Because Herc had already run his course. He yeah. had run around the country. He had worked with Hogan. He yep. had worked with Ultimate Warrior. There's yep. no doubt in my mind he had made over forty, fifty thousand dollars a week running with these guys. He was on the downside. So yeah. Herc had nothing to lose. Yep. Oh but Paul had everything to gain. Well yeah. that that didn't work out. Paul wasn't happy. Oh, I know excuse me. Um Brett, Jim, Brett and Jim didn't want to put the belts on Herc and Roma. They put them on the Nasties. It wasn't us. I'm sorry, it wasn't us. It may have, it may have also been us, but not, not. I can't be 100% sure about that. Yeah. So anyway, so that split up. So then he goes down to WCW because he's not happy because he's not getting the glory. So he goes to WCW, and who does he hook up with? Mr. Wonderful. Well, Wow. Well, let's call this team Pretty Wonderful. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, all right. Who's going to be pretty? Well, it's me. I'm Paul Roma. I'm yeah, pretty. pretty Paul Roma, right. Yeah, and Paul Paul Horndorf, hell of a guy, tremendous man. I mean, he's already made his mark in wrestling from NWA with, with Gordon Soley. He's already made millions of dollars running with Hogan. Yep. I mean... Hogan and all the top guys, he's he's on the downside. So Paul attached himself to talent that was on their way down but had already made a considerable amount of money. He right. will never acknowledge. I've listened to some interviews that people send me rarely. It's been a long time, number, number two, because my computer's screwed up. But number one, I'm kind of glad it is. But... Um, Paul never acknowledges the Young Stallions and the potential the Young Stallions have. But yet when we go to signings, wherever they may be, at an expo center or wherever we are, people want to see Jim Powers and Paul Roma behind one table signing either singular or or, or pictures together or take pictures together. They sure. don't ask. I mean, Paul Orndorff is in another room. Hercules, yeah, yeah. Hercules God rest his soul. You know, we love him. I mean, he's a tremendous guy. He's not with us anymore. But every time I've been anywhere for a signing, they want Jim Powers and Paul Roma. So you tell me what's going on there. Yeah. Paul, uh, Jim, um, we were just discussing uh, Miss Elizabeth. 14 years ago this week, in 2002, she passed away. Give me your thoughts on Miss Elizabeth and the Lex Luger situation. What what was your take uh, when when you uh, put the pieces of the puzzle together? 
What, what's your I, thoughts on that? I had no idea. I was oblivious to the fact that Liz had any kind of a relationship with Lex. I really was oblivious to that uh, soap opera going on. But as far as um, Randy keeping keeping the reins real tight on her, that that was obvious. That was very obvious. I mean, he. Uh, I don't know that I want to go to the degree and say that Hulk Hogan said, "Well, if he's on if he's on the road for seven days, he bought her seven TV dinners, and that's all she was supposed to eat," you know. But but uh, he. he I mean, Randy Randy loved her so dearly, he held on. When you try to hold on to something too tight, you lose it. It slips through your fingers. And when she finally got a little bit of leeway, and Randy, she wasn't a part. Randy was a pot smoker. That I know, you know. Uh, and um, he was a pot smoker, beer drinker, you know, a couple pills here and there like the rest of the boys, but nothing crazy. And I know Liz wasn't. You know, I've never seen her. Liz was nothing but class, you know, personified. She was class. So this whole thing about um, can I believe that Randy held on to her so tight he lost her? Absolutely. Um, do I know anything about Lex Luger and her? That's a mind blower because I didn't know Lex was into that stuff. Lex with a body like that and pills and steroids and growth hormone and you know, I don't know that there was any alcohol. I don't know. I'm sure there was some alcohol, but I I, I don't know. I, I uh, no that that came out of left field for me. You know, not not, not as much as the Benoit story, but that one came out of left field, and uh, it's a shame because um, Rand yeah. Rand did love her a lot. He just didn't know how to give her a little space so she can uh, maybe spread her wings a little bit and. Find out whether she loved him enough as much as he loved her. I think Macho Man loved her until the day she passed away. Absolutely. Or until the day he passed away or whatever it may be. He 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 held a tight grip on her and I've been there, I've done that. The more you yeah. try to hold on to them, the more they want to spread their wings and then you lose them. Yep. Absolutely. Which is sad. Which is sad. Yeah, I agree with you. You got You just got to give it. If it's meant to be, it'll be. If it's not meant to be, then it's not meant to be. It won't happen. Yeah, yeah. No matter what you do. Yep. You're just going to torture yourself if you try to hold on to something that's not meant to be. My old barber told me, you can hold on to a woman for as long as you want. If she flies away and and she comes back, it was meant to be. But if she flies away and stays gone, it was never meant to be to begin with. That's right. Absolutely right. I've seen that. That was probably, as a kid growing up, I saw that in a Spencer Gibbs in Spencer Gibbs in the mall. Oh, well, that's where my barber stole it from. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he made up his own version of it, I don't know. But it no, sounded I mean, really, really you truthful you when you hear it. When you hear it, you have artistic. Uh, what is it called? Artistic something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know what you're thinking. I, I know. <laughs> Let's go over to JJ for the next question. Uh, Jim, when you look at wrestling in the 80s and especially now today with the WWE Network and you talk about the young stallions, you guys are really immortalized. That's why I think a lot of fans, they really would love to see you guys together at signings and doing autographs at these you know, uh, wrestling cons. 
And, I mean, you were a part of the first ever uh, Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. I mean, what was it like to be a part of those uh, events for the first time? And did you ever imagine that we'd be here today and they'd be celebrating their 25th and 27th anniversaries? No, I never thought we'd be here celebrating. I didn't think anybody, I didn't think anybody took that much interest in it. But I'm glad to see that 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 people have, as you know, you guys and the fans and everything like that. It's it's fantastic. Um, we we were in the Royal Rumble, I think, before the Royal Rumble was a pay-per-view show. I think it was uh, we were up in Toronto in Hamilton. And we wrestled, uh, Paul and I had wrestled the uh, the Islanders. And he heard his, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the Royal Rumble. I'm pretty sure it was the Royal Rumble. And uh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a pay event at that time. And then we came to the garden the next night. And then Paul had hurt his leg and the night before. So we worked that. And then the Islanders ended up beating us in the garden. But the Survivor Series was... Uh, it was exhausting to say the least, but as exhausting as it was, it was ten times more rewarding. It really was, and uh, it's a shame that um, it's a shame that Paul doesn't feel. Or I, I don't believe I, I I've never heard him say anything because I guess never say anything to the contrary that he doesn't feel that um, that the Young Stallions was a big turning point for the both of us because that's that's. I believe it is, and I think a lot of other people do believe it is, and based on your question, I think you believe it is, um, and people do want to see it, and um, for some reason he's not happy with it, maybe because he doesn't like sharing the spotlight. I don't know. I don't know, and it's a shame because, I mean, come on now, we're 50. We're both in the same ballpark age-wise, and um, when we do these signings and things like that, I mean, I'd hate to stand behind a table. I don't know that I want to stand behind a, a table and sign pictures with him again, you know, based on the fact that I've not gotten a copy of this video from RF and seen or heard what he's had to say about me come out of his mouth. Um, and and uh, I, I don't know that I I will until I get a copy of that from... from uh, I don't know, Rob or whatever his name is, yeah. But, Bob um, Feinstein. Bob Feinstein, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I think nothing but good thoughts about the Young Stallions and the first of uh, being co-winners of the uh, first Survivor Series ever um, is fantastic. Uh, being, being a small part of uh, WrestleMania, I think it was four or five, I'm not sure, we had the Battle Royal. And, uh, we were involved. We were involved in the battle royal at Trump. Uh, I think it was Trump Casino or Trump Convention Center, or whatever it was. But I think that you know, I no, I uh, I thought the Young Stallion thing was fantastic. I, I I'll tell one quick funny story. We were about to go up. Paul says to me, he "Goes, I'm not wearing any underwear anymore. I'm just going to wear my posing trunks from bodybuilding, and then I'm going to pull my trunks over that." And I said, "Oh, whatever you want." I don't care what your undergarments are. So we were about to go out in the ring, and the music is playing, and I look down, and all he's got is his bodybuilding posing trunks with his ass hanging out. And, his <laughs> I, said, I said, Paul, you ready to go to the ring? He goes, yeah, I'm all set, let's go. I said, I think you better look down before we go to the ring. And all he had on was his bodybuilding posing trunks. So, so we, had to, we had to hold off a few minutes until Paul could put his wrestling trunks back on. 
Oh God. But yeah. But no, I I I I uh I uh I, I think it's something that could have been a lot bigger than it really was than it was. It's something you know, I that thought so too and like you said about signing autographs together. It's like going to an autograph signing and seeing Barry Darso and Bill Eady sitting in separate rooms. Yeah, it's you want you want them together because it was a team and it was a team it was a team you loved. It was that that clean all American team that would fight all the all the bad guys like the Nasty Boys, the Islanders, and it was this this team that you would hope make it. Well, even nobody single would know further any further, stuff further down the line. Yeah, I mean. Barry Darso and Billy and stuff, they had their falling outs because of royalties and this and that, whatever, who owned the rights to the names and things like that. But you guys who stay on top of this stuff, you know all the details. I don't know that the general fans, well, maybe they do. They're smart these days. So the falling out with Bill Eady, he actually had it with a local guy that was Blast. Oh, and okay. Bill Eady teamed with Blast on the Indies. When Barry Darso was doing another gimmick, oh, and, oh, and he, yeah, and this other guy Blast thought that he was going to get some of the royalties, and he was doing Demolition Blast without Bill Eady's permission. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. No. Yeah, but I, if you I, look I, at I if you look at Axe and Smash, they do all the autograph signings together. They show up together, they'll sit together, and I think they're the original guys and. That's why they're still sticking to it. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, too. If, 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 if there's money to be made, if there's money to be made and you have a good business sense, then you could just put feelings aside and yep. separate personal from business, and I think you'll be all right. Yep, definitely. You know, I don't have to like Absolutely. you, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon didn't like a lot of people that he that he paid every week. I mean, how many times can he fire the Iron Sheik? But the Iron Sheik made money for him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here's here's the Sheik Duggan going down the parkway, and, you know, they work at an angle together. They're going to Asbury Park Convention Center, and they're working this big angle in the Iranian against the USA, and the Sheik's, you know, he's holding. (laughs) Come on. I love that story. Oh, my God. I mean, but... What exactly, before we go to Blackjack Brown, bring bring us back to that story. They were teaming up, or no, no, they no. It was Duggan. No, do you remember they, they that were, story? They were rivalry. Jimmy, they were rivals. Right. They, they were and, rivals. Um, the, Iron Sheik, the, the Iron Sheik was the bad Iranian, and of course right. Duggan, USA, USA, USA. And Duggan was fighting them. Yeah, so they were working this big angle, but they shared a car that day. <laughs> and they were and down to New Jersey right. Turnpike, Asbury Park Convention Center, and um, they got pulled over, and the Sheik was, uh, he had some of the powder, you know, baby. <laughs> like he says, you know, Daddy. Uh-huh. Some of the powder. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about the art videos, did you ever get a chance to see that classic Iron Sheik shoot video? Uh where he basically curses at anybody and everybody. <laughs> oh, I, I, which one? There's got to be a few of those, my God. They're all on YouTube. Fuck, fuck the Hulk <laughs> yeah, Hogan. Fuck the, fuck the Hulk Hogan. Fuck the Teddy Yeah, Yeah, And he was going to fuck <laughs> Brian Blair up the ass and all that. Yeah. Fuck the Brian Blair. 
All right, yeah, one day I looked up all, all the Iron Sheik. I looked up all the Black Iron Sheik promos on YouTube, and one is funnier than the other. There was one where Scott Hall shows up at the Iron Sheik roast, and Scott Hall. Jim Powers was holding uh, Scott Hall back, right, Jimmy? Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> That was in 2000. I'm trying to think of what year that was. I don't know. If 2007, it was I think that was. 2007, yeah. That was down in uh, Monroe, New Jersey. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, Bundy uh, was there. Yeah, they had that. And you, uh, some, you were right some, next to Hall holding him back. Well, he was going to, he was just going to, you know, beat that comic up. And it was an off-color joke, but comedy is like that. And, uh. Scott Scott had been to my I felt a little obligated because Scott had been sitting in my room for a half an hour um, doing what Scott was doing back then so I felt a little obligated to uh, make sure he was okay or not things didn't get out of hand when Scott showed up he went hey yo to the Iron Sheik and the Iron Sheik says what the fuck you doing here this is Rose for Iron Sheik I fuck your ass and humble you like I do Brian Blair, like they do in old country. Get out of here, you fucking jabroni, you fucking fuck fuck. Iron Sheik is obviously all on there. there. He's hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Blackjack. Go ahead, Blackjack. It's your turn. All right, all right let's go for the JJ. As you were, were talking about, uh, what is your thoughts with the WWE and their development center, their wellness policy? Uh, you know, during the Hall of Fame speech this year, guys like Warrior and Jake Roberts and Scott Hall mentioned, you know, the limelight in the WWE, it's hard, you know, what do you do afterwards? And there's really no program, as, you know, we discussed a little earlier, that there's that transition for wrestlers and what they do afterwards, after, you know, the glitz and glamour is gone, and just, just that friend, what they do with their money and their savings, and just to have, you know, life afterwards. What are your well, thoughts? Years, I, mean, I mean, years ago, it was like any other sport. I mean, Joe Lewis died broke. Um, and it's just, I hope I hope what they're doing with the wellness program is um, helping the kids the young talent of today um, with their money, you know, telling them what to do with their money. Like I said earlier about, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, some, kind of reti- some type of retirement plan, maybe giving them stop o- stock options, you know, the company's pup, doing something so that when they're done, and they will be done quick, they're not going to last too long with the way they're working, that there's something there for them and they choose to want to, you know, whatever. I mean, look at, I don't know what this kid CM is doing, but maybe he opened up a pizzeria in Chicago. Who knows? Good for him. Open up a business. Buy real estate. Do something. All right. I think we have Blackjack. Blackjack, are you there? Jim, uh, how do you feel okay. about the YouTube? How do I feel about YouTube? I think it's fantastic. It's good. Yeah. I like YouTube. I mean, anything that you've ever done, I mean, you, you can you can find it right there. You know, you pull up Jim Powers and you're all over that place. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it, and people have told me about it, and people have told you. I, what I'm not really crazy about 
is this WWE network, maybe because my computer doesn't work or um, my my wife's kid, he tells me, he says, oh, you're all over it, Jim. All you got to do is type in Jim Powers and everything comes up and all that. And I guess it's worth it for the people who are uh, who are, who are real fans and you get your, you get your money's worth right there in one, and you get your pay-per-view money in, in one bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pay-per-views are what now, $50, $60? I don't even know. But, um, no, hooking it, you've got to watch it on the computer. I don't know. There's, I'm, I'm, there's ways to do all this stuff, get it on your TV, but I, I don't have the technical uh, savvy to do that. And but then I, that yeah, Rob Feinstein uh, uh, shoot videos that they, that they got out there, a lot of them are, are works, you know. Maybe they put the, the poor Roma to, to put, add more fuel to, to the, to the uh, argument, you know. And if someone put a Paul Roma video out there to shoot against me. And then you'll have to retaliate, and then that just brings bucks. You know, people don't want to guys are favoring one another. They want to hear that uh, uh, them at odds with one another. Look at Hogan and uh, the Sheik. Yeah, well... (laughs) But I, I don't I don't know where that eventually is going, where it's going to yield any money for either one of us. Uh, Jim, I wanted to get your honest opinion on a wrestler that is the world champion right now, and I'm talking about a fellow by the name of uh, Daniel Bryant. Uh, give me your opinion of him, if you have seen him. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. It's what, as simple what? as that. I, I just don't get it. He just does not. I mean, you, with, with all these behemoths you got running around, and the first time I didn't get it wasn't with Daniel Bryant. It was when I seen the World Heavyweight Belt on Rey Mysterio, and I like Little Ray, but when the belt covered his belly button and his chest, up to his belly button up to his neck, I'm going uh, something's not right with this picture. You know, it's just it's just not. I, I don't understand it, and maybe I'm not supposed to. Maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just all about action, and belts don't mean anything. What about this guy Wyatt? You see this guy Wyatt? He's he's big on the chain as well. Well, Wyatt uh, is this? Uh, no, who am I thinking of? Is that Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that Rotundo? That's IRS's kid. Yeah, that's Rotundo. Yeah. That explains that. Um, explains that he's doing a hell of a job. He's doing a hell of a job. Um, I, don't, I don't know where the angle is and what they're trying to do with it. Um, he's entertaining. His work is good. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, John, John Cena, I've never met him. Um, his, his work is, he knows moves. Um, he has a difficult time putting one move together. He was a difficult time putting them together, in my opinion. But he's a big, muscular kid. Yeah. He, he looks good. He goes out and he does the Make-A-Wish stuff and Susan uh, Susan Corman stuff, the cancer stuff. And I think what he's doing is commendable for the company and for, for people in general. So, I, I, like I said, I've never met him. I don't know. When I first saw you- him, I don't When you say about Daniel Bryant, are you saying it's not a believable thing to see him as a world champion, like in your era, obviously we never see somebody under 200 pounds, world heavyweight champion. Is that what you're saying? Or yeah. you're saying that he just just doesn't look the part or 
He's not talented. No, he doesn't look, doesn't look the part. It doesn't if you've seen this guy in the airport, you would never think talent, of him as right? a world champion in wrestling. What's that? I'm sorry. If you've seen him walking in, fans wouldn't even think of him as that. No, if you if you see him walking down the street, you wouldn't think of him as a world champion or anything, really. I, I just thought he was a part of Duck Dynasty. <laughs> you know, I, I, and I, uh, I, what about CM Punk, uh, Jimmy? What's your thoughts uh, on him? You know, he, I, I've never met him, and uh, he was doing a good job at what he was doing, and I think he was shooting straight from the hip. And I think he meant what he said. Otherwise, as, as many people have been trying to get him back, uh, I'm sure the company would have done something. They would have put an offer out there to get him back. If not, you know, to get him back, they would have gotten him back just so they could destroy him. Okay, let's go over to JJ for the next question for uh, Jim Powers. JJ. You know, we mentioned your time with the Young Stallions, but uh, we never really got to discuss your time in WCW. Uh, what was your, your time there like? Well, my 10-plus years in the WWF, um, we're walking on eggs all the time. WCW for two and a half years was a a walk on the beach. It was great. It was fantastic. Kevin Sullivan was the booker. He treated me accordingly. I never had to worry about everything. Going to work every day was like going to going to the beach, no pun intended. Um, but going to work for WWF, it was just. Um, it was very stressful, and I think from what I understand, the environment in the back is still the same. It's still stressful, unless, of course, you're number one hot shit or number one through ten hot shit, then you don't have to worry about anything. But um, WCW treated everybody accordingly, and it was just a great environment to work for. From what I hear, WWE, you can't even open your mouth and stress your opinion backstage, and then they start to bury you. You don't have an opinion when you work for that company. I'll see. You keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because they were doing and good with uh, Dolph copyright is crazy these days. You know, like, they have your name, your licensing, you know. They own John Cena, right, basically, for all intents and yep. purposes. That's uh, pretty crazy, if you ask me. Uh, okay, let's go over to Blackjack Brown for the next question. Blackjack, it's your turn. Blackjack, okay, wake up, to... bro. <laughs> we lost uh, Dominic, uh, let's go over to you for the next question. Yeah, well, what I was starting to say about uh, opening your mouth backstage, they were doing so high on Dolph Ziggler. And his kid had a lot going for him, but he opened his mouth to the wrong people at the wrong time. Now he's getting buried. I think he won Monday Night Raw. I think he beat Damian Sandow, but they were teasing. Well, let's see if he can get, uh, you know, he can get a victory here or whatever. And then they're Who doing an angle with Cody Rhodes, where finally he won a match, but that was only an angle. But Ziggler. Ziggler, they're burying him. Well, he was doing good at the time. Um, I think he was supposed to be the next Kurt Henning until, obviously, Kurt's kid got the spot there. Yeah, yeah, it was, I think, yeah. yeah that, that's what it looked like to me. 
Yep. You know, he, he's supposed to be the next Kurt. And uh, I, I really don't care for the fact that Kid wears a T-shirt better than Perfect. I don't like that T-shirt at all. No, I don't like it at all. I think but it's, Mr. Uh, Perfect was excellent. Oh, the best. And some of the best matches I've seen were him and Brett. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, very good. Absolutely. Guys, I don't have Guys, I don't have too much more time. To yeah, chat. we're just going to ask you one, one, two more questions, then we'll wrap it up. I did want to ask you, uh, when you heard about the whole Chris Benoit situation, where were you when you first heard about it, and what was your reaction when you actually heard the news that he was responsible for it? Um, what year did that have? I'm trying to remember what year that was. Um, that was 2007, uh, okay, June, I was up, actually. I was up here June in New Jersey. Something. Yeah, I was up here uh, in the, living in New Jersey. I had sold, we had sold the house in Florida. And um, I just, I just, there were so many questions running through my head because I knew Chris and I had worked with Chris and I just couldn't believe that he would have done anything like that. It's just so far-fetched, and till this day, I think the I think the ruling is still out on that. I think there's a lot of controversy behind that. Um, those I actions. don't think he did it personally. Yeah, I, I just recently said, read something along those lines. Um, some type of oh, some kind of cult worshiper, wrestler. Or some type of cover-up. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Um, After I've been just, trying to say know. since the beginning. I mean, I, I have, knew Benoit pretty good, and yeah, I, I, in my gut instinct, I, I can tell you this: he didn't do it. No, I don't. See all right, it. so why was there all those text messages to move the dog and it's to a do cover this? Up. To and, so all I got to say, I don't want to be called down to some kind of special investigation. They're gonna start doing that if, if the. If that thing is, is, is in the right hands, I think there's there was no certain, way that this man did it. I think there were certain things in regards to those text messages that were out of sync. The timing was off on certain things. There you go. I, I believe I believe I read that somewhere, and it wasn't too long ago. Maybe it was on on Facebook or, or something on the internet. But they said that there was text messages, but the text messages didn't match up with certain times of death. You know, some, something so you're didn't saying there's a possibility, uh, Jim, that Chris Benoit is not the killer? God, I don't want to be. here on this hotline. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have enough information to make a comment on that. I'm not going to comment on that. There you go. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Not based on something that I read on the internet. Exactly. That, Somebody said that the uh, the timing of the text messages was just completely way out of sync, and I'm not going to do that based on one person's uh, opinion. You know, right. more information yeah. would have. You know, I understand well, that as far they as should do the, diligence. The uh, Atlanta police, if they didn't get it right, uh, if it's true, then they should definitely uh, find the killer. If it's just true, in my opinion. Well, but uh, let's give Jim two more questions and we'll let him go. Uh, JJ and then Dominic, and then we'll let you go, uh, Jim. Thank you. You know, one, 
What are your thoughts, Jim, on the wrestling fans today? I mean, wrestling fans have always been very passionate and very loud for cheering for their favorite stars, but it seems that wrestling fans today seem to be very vocal, very more opinionated. I mean, they also have this forum like social media in which they can express themselves. Do you think wrestling fans are more opinionated today than they were back in, like, the 80s or 90s? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. They have so many different um, avenues to go down that they can express themselves with this social media and all, like you said. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I just, one thing I don't understand is, um, how does it go again? I'm trying to think of something. Uh, let's go Cena. Cena sucks. I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand that one. What what, are the, what does that mean? Let's go Cena. Cena sucks. <laughs> well, the girls and the kids love John Cena. The older, yeah. mature people say Cena sucks because he's only got three or four moves. Okay. He don't yeah, string well, them together <laughs> right. He's just the poster boy for WWE. Yeah, he I wonder what he had to do to get there. What? I wonder what he had to do to get there. I don't know. <laughs> but he's actually the face of the WWE because when it comes oh, I, to the Make-A-Wish and everything, they send him. It yeah, goes to the talk shows. They send him. They don't send nobody else. Nobody, I mean, years ago, years ago, if they sent anybody, they would send an underling to do stuff like that. They wouldn't send, you know, your top guy. Right. And, uh, you know, how many times, you know, in this day and age, and not just John Cena, but how many times can you be world champion? I mean, here is the 26-time world champion, uh, Randy Orton or... Uh, um, um, Batista, or between the three of them, they got 26 champ. I don't know. What does it all mean afterwards? Nothing. What does it mean? What does the belt mean? Don't mean nothing. The belt don't mean nothing. Didn't it mean something when Bruno San Martino had it? Yes, indeed. And when Pedro had it, when Backlund had it, it meant something. It's something. You were a champion. You were representative of that company. What right. does it mean now? Now you could go to the store and buy your own for $300, and you could walk you can walk to grocery stores and do food shopping wearing a belt. And another thing, another thing that I'm not happy with is where are the tag teams? I mean, yeah. I mean the USO kids are good, they're very yes. good, but I mean it's like you put Kane with with the other Daniel Bryan. What I, I don't understand this. I don't know certain certain tag teams. I don't understand. It was a while when WWE had a lot of good tag teams. Recently. It was about tag teams. Yeah. He yeah, had the Rhodes, Rhodes, the Rhodes, Cody, and Dustin. They had well, the they're Usos. doing good. They're, they're doing good, but they, they need to build that tag team division back up. Yeah, they do. All of a sudden, it fell apart. They broke up the primetime players. They broke up Brodus Clay and Tenzai. They broke right, up all those right. teams. Now you're, you're lucky you got four tag teams. Yeah, and, and who knows what you're going to have next week? Three. Yeah. Okay, Jimmy, is there anything, uh, you have a website, a Twitter handle, anything you want to plug? Nah, I'm not one of those pluggable plug guys. I, I, I'm just, I'm just uh, here. Uh, guys, the audience is clapping. <laughs> they're, they're crapping or clapping? Clapping, <laughs> clapping. Oh, good. No, I, I don't want to plug anything. I when was I, the last I'm, time you wrestled before we let you go? Last oh. question. When was the last time you wrestled? I wrestled for an organization out here in Jersey, uh, Independent Wrestling Federation. 
they're based in uh, Notley, New just not too far from where I live, Notley, New Jersey, and uh, the guy did a fundraiser, and uh, I worked for him back in, uh, I want to say 2010, 2010 was the last time I wrestled, and uh, that was it, you know, sometimes you know when, it, when it's it, you know, when, enough, when that's it. You know, Last question: Are there any possible ways of you coming back? Can we see you actually uh, working in the ring again? No, no. Is that a never say never question? Give <laughs> me a bad uh, it, That would that would be that would have to be with doctor's authorization only. I've, <laughs> I've learned that over the years. I have to see I'm going to end you out with that, Jimmy. Thank you so much. Wait a minute, uh, Jimmy can't go, go yet. <laughs> we can't up? go yet. We're just going to order Chinese, aren't we? Going to order Chinese? No. <laughs> Who's buying? Who's crying? <laughs> I, I had a I'll buy. Bowl. I'll I buy as big, long as I eat. I don't give a damn. I had a big bowl Black of pasta. not buying, that's for sure. Glass of wine. <laughs> Glass of wine. Jim, it's a, a pleasure. Sleep. And uh, you, you do great interviews. I hope you get that tape. And uh, I wish your wife the best. That's what you guys and, do, plug. Next time you talk to wrestler, you get that Rob Fights, tell him Jim would like to get. What do we got to do to get Jim a copy of that DVD? So that he knows who he's sitting down next to next time he's doing an autograph session. Just have somebody on the outside buy it for you and send it to you. Yeah, well, I'm talking to you guys. All right. (laughs) Where did you think I was going with? I'm going to let you go with the uh, Young Stallion's theme. Here we go. Take care, Jimmy. Thank you. Okay, Jim. See you soon. It's been a pleasure, Jim. We were cruising the streets. Looking for some action. Had my radio playing. All my rock and roll stations. All three hot ladies. Let's go party somewhere. Break it up, blow it up.
was the uh, very good uh, Jim Powers and uh, JJ. What's your thoughts on uh, Jim Jimmy Powers? Oh man, I mean, you know, he was a, a real great guy, you know, back in the day, and he's still a great guy today. It was a lot of fun. He was, you know, very cool, very down to earth. You know, uh, you know, very, you know, respectful. Just a lot of fun. It was really cool having him on and reminiscing about stuff and talking about behind the scenes. And unfortunately, like they said, you know, his issues with Paul Roma and you know them not getting along. Unfortunately, which was sort of the demise of the Young Stallions back in the day. But uh, you know, it's good to know that he's doing well, even if he's not wrestling. He's, you know, he's. He has, you know, some health issues, of course, you know, like anybody, you know, the, the business takes a toll on, you know, on his body. But, uh, you know, it's great to know that, you know, he's doing well and, you know, he's all right. So that, that was very cool. Uh, absolutely. I am uh, trying to get everybody back in. Uh, just bear with me one second as I do that uh, because uh, the lines got muted. So as soon as I do that, I'll have everybody in here. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Jim Powers uh, gave a very interesting uh, accounts. I was very shocked uh, to learn about uh, him and the Warrior. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, him having his own sort of clique, you know, back in the day with uh, Warrior and Piper and Hillbilly Jim and uh, the British Bulldog and Owen and Brett. And it's kind of cool to, to know that, you know, this is what's going on behind the scenes. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't do too much that he, you know, there were certain things he wasn't willing to do and he didn't want to compromise his beliefs. You know, I respect him for that, you know, that, you know, he didn't do certain things to get ahead. You know, he did what he, you know, he thought was right. And, you know, he stood by his beliefs. So, you know, I definitely respect him and his decisions. So it was uh, very cool to hear, and uh, even you know, talking about uh, unfortunately the Warriors passing and how that really just shocked everyone, and it even shocked himself. It's just, uh, it's crazy. Uh, most definitely, uh, yes. And uh, the uh, just having a little issues with the uh, line, uh, Blackjacks and Dominic. Just bear with me. Uh, it, it should be open any second. Uh, but, uh, J.J., what was your thoughts on Monday Night Raw last night uh, as I'm working on getting uh, everybody back in here? You know, well, Monday Night Raw, we saw, again, the struggle between the authority and S.H.I.E.L.D. and the issues with Daniel Bryan. It was actually announced on Monday Night Raw. A lot of people didn't realize or didn't know, but that Daniel Bryan will be having neck surgery this week. That kind of shocked a lot of people they didn't uh, expect that uh, to happen, and there's a lot of fans, you know, asking whether or not this is legit. Is this just a storyline? But uh, from what I understand, he will be having a, a neck surgery. It will be very minimal and invasive. He won't be having the type of neck surgery that you know Steve Austin and Lita and Edge and Kurt Angle and Rhino had in the past, where they were out, you know, for nearly a year to six months. You know, he should have a very, you know, minimal procedure done this week. But at the same time, you know, we're not sure what his timetable will be when he returns. A lot of people are expecting him to be back within the month or at least be gone a month or two. And there's people wondering whether or not he should be stripped of the title. 
and, uh, you know, whether or not he can make payback and an appearance, you know. So there's a lot of things sort of up in the air and a lot of last-minute changes being made in the WWE right now. But, uh, again, you know, Raw was the Shield show, Shield and Evolution butting heads. Uh, They kicked off the show where Shield actually attacked Evolution backstage. You know, Evolution arrived in their limousine, and uh, the shield just cut them off right backstage. It was something that you would have saw. Okay, we do have uh, everybody back. Uh, Blackjack and uh, Dominic, uh, what did you guys think of the interview? Start off with you first, Dominic. Uh, Jimmy Powers is a class act. I always liked him. And he seems like a real down-to-earth, soft-spoken guy. Tells it like it is, but yet he don't hurt nobody's feelings when he's telling it like it is. Yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah, I'm glad you had him on. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good guy, and he spoke from the heart. Yep. Uh, what about you, JJ? Yeah, as, as Dominic said, you know, very down-to-earth class act. You know, he didn't step on anybody's toes, even though he had the opportunity. If he wanted to, he could have thrown uh, Paul Roma under the bus, but he didn't. He <sighs> uh, himself very professionally, and as he pointed, you know, when there's business to be made, you know, you put aside personal feelings. You know, I'm I'm surprised. Uh, it's a shame that Paul Roma can't do the same thing. Uh, yeah, I agree. What about you, Blackjack? Yeah, I mean, I could see uh, some things uh, coming out of this, you know. Uh, I-, I could see a match between pa- Roma and, uh, and uh, Powers. Roma and Powers. Well, let me go to the guy who does the fantasy matches on his hotline at 212-629-6200. Dominic, who would win in the match? Jim Powers in his prime against uh, Paul Roma in a no-DQ match. Steel Jimmy, Powers without, Jimmy Powers without a doubt. I thought he was always a lot better than Paul Roma. <laughs> but what I said was true. Uh, don't you uh, think, uh, J.J., that he could have been bigger? You know, he had the look, he had the ability, he had it all. Yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, I mean, if you look at Jim Powers back in his heyday, I mean, my God, the guy had the size, he had the look that the WWE loved, you know. I mean, he had a, a great physique, and, uh, you know, he could get it done in the ring uh, like anybody else. But, uh, you know, it's a shame, as he pointed, you know, there were certain things that he wasn't willing to do, and, you know, he wasn't given that uh, opportunity to shine. You know, he had his, you know, principles, and he wouldn't back down or, or break them for anybody. So, like I said, in a lot of ways, I respect him for that, but it's unfortunate because we never really got to see him have those kind of defining moments that, you know, you always kind of hope for, for, you know, your favorite wrestler. You know, guys today, you always see online, you say, oh, push this person, push this person. I want this person to be the next, you know, champion. But, uh, you know, it, it's a shame we didn't see it then, but uh, at the same time, you know, we do have some great memories and some great matches. And, All I got uh, to say is, where's Phil Donahue when you need him? <laughs> Phil Donahue? Yeah, he yeah, had a show well, on, on all that stuff with that, uh, what he was referring to as far as yeah, uh, getting ahead in, in the world of wrestling. I'd rather have Phil Donahue's wife. Yeah, boys and wrestlers, and they had uh, Barry O involved with all that stuff. All I'll say is that fucking Mel Phillips is the, is the worst piece of shit on, on, out of all them. 
Because he what is fucking man. He fuck little boys, that stupid faggot. Yeah, that's, what they say. That's, that's the rumor. Right, Who's that? Who's that? Uh, Mel Phillips. Oh, fuck that prick bastard. I wouldn't shit on the best part of him if I could find one. That pedophile yeah. motherfucker. Some kid that I was watching told Bruno, he said, why would you do something like that? And he said, you know, he, get, he got me backstage and this and that if you kiss me. Hmm. That fucking Mel Phillips. You know, it's one thing with Pat Patterson, which I don't condone, but at least they're of age, and I'm not even saying that's good. But when you start fucking with kids, that's the worst possible thing on the earth. There was a wannabe photographer back in the day. There was a wannabe photographer back, back in the day, Barry Bengai. Oh, another prick bastard. Yeah, exactly. He used to steal, he used to send little kids to buy Frank Amato's pictures. Right. And George Napolitano's pictures and sell them as his I'd own. I'd like to congratulate the New York Rangers who have just advanced. Where, to Andy? To the Who's third the round. Uh, the New York Rangers, uh, if they win the next series, will make it uh, back from 20 years ago to the Stanley Cup. Well, yeah, you you remember when they won the cup back in '94, right, Tom? When when uh, O.J. Simpson was, uh, which is also 20 years uh, coming up. You remember that whole scene, right? Yep. Blackjack, what about you? You remember that O.J. Simpson fiasco, right? Yeah. What about it? Yeah, do you remember uh, seeing that that chase with the Bronco? Yeah. And uh, let me ask you a question: Since you think Benoit didn't do it, do you think OJ didn't do it also? The everything leads into his direction. What? I don't I don't know the man, but everything points in his direction. Benoit, I knew. I knew what kind of person he was. He wouldn't do it. Yes or no? What's that? Did did he kill the Goldens like I know he did uh, 20 years ago? Why is he in that direction? That's not the answer. That's my answer. It's a yes or no answer, Blackjack. Everything points in that direction. Everything points in that direction. You sound like uh, Johnny Cochran. <laughs> Let him rest it. <laughs> and JJ, I'm sure you remember. I was just uh, you know, you, you can't admit to, to know or quit. Yo, if the gloves don't fit, you, you got to quit? You yeah. Quit? So, are you I don't saying know that much about it like that to, to, to convict him as a say-so. I can't be the jury and judge on, on, on stuff that I've overheard here. Everything just points so in that direction. Is, wait, just like I want to get this on the record. Are you saying there's a possibility that OJ didn't do it? Yes or no? There's a possibility he might even pay people to do it. Okay. When you get back on earth, let me know. <laughs> what does Dominic say? Dominic? I'd, I'd like to think OJ didn't do it. I really there you would. Go. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he was a, a famous person. We don't like to think, you know, he didn't do it. But, uh, you know, he did it. And that's why he's in jail now, because what goes around comes around. You know, some people can, can do something like that. You know, you get so heavily involved with people. How many people do you know yourself? Could you do it? Can you kill somebody like that? Or somebody could, that you're, you're making it. love to and you got kids with? The blood evidence matched his DNA. How much they probably did, man, get? but it's a shame. You know, to want to think you like that, you know? All blood was in his car. He cleaned up things pretty good, though, didn't he? Not good enough. He put things in doubt. Why was he running away with the Bronco with $20,000? An innocent person does not run away. Where is he going to run, though? He was thought, thought like a fool at, in the beginning. Now you probably think Casey Anthony's innocent, too, right? <laughs> hey, you, you, you never know about these people. Well, you know, you got enough That's stuff true. on these uh, social true. medias. The back here, anybody can uh, invent anything, anything on their own here, you know? I'll tell you, though, getting back to wrestling, I was surprised that he thought uh, what he did about Daniel Bryant, uh, J.J. What's your thoughts on that, uh, what he said about Daniel it's Bryant? It's different uh, personas in, in our age. You know, look at the Brunos, look at the Pedros, you know, uh, even uh, Ivan Koloff. Well, J.J., he, I don't think he was dissing him. He just said, I think he was saying in his era, you wouldn't yeah, find a guy like that. Too. Yeah, in you mind in uh, Dominic. It was a it's, different uh, breed of a, uh, of a person altogether. You, J.J., what's your take? You know, as he pointed out, he made sure to say it's not his technical ability that he's faulting. It's just his look, you know, being in a crowded people. And right. You see Dan Bryan at the airport or walking down the street or at the grocery store. You're not going to immediately think that, oh, this guy is, you know, the top guy in the WWE. He's a world champion. You see somebody like a Hulk Hogan, ultimate warrior. People they know that. They look like champions, even the Ric Flair's. You know, so for him, I don't uh, think Triple H. it wasn't a diss. It was just that, you know, he doesn't look like a champion. Even you know, Bob Orton. It's an old school mentality. Exactly. That's the thing. It's old school, and we're not in the old school. This is 2014 now. A guy like Rey Mysterio was the world champion. A guy like Daniel Bryan is your current champion. This is the world we live in today in wrestling. It's a different time. I, what I wanted to tell him was when you see those yes chants, uh, you know, you got to look at that. It's marketing. That's, you know, those marketing yes chants. and uh, the popularity of the popularity of that person. That's what's uh, over. How about you, Dominic? What's your thoughts on uh, his thoughts on Daniel Bryan? Well, I had a caller that called the hotline all the time, Howard in Brooklyn. God rest his soul. He's gone now. But he... Really? Howard's gone? Yeah, yeah, Howard Wiener. Yeah, he he died a couple of years ago. Where did he live? In Brooklyn? Yeah. Which part of Brooklyn? Oh, my God, I think I know him. Know him. Yeah, this guy, uh, I think Captain Lenny or somebody... Somebody left it on my hotline that Howard Howard had passed away. 
How could a guy 175 pounds beat a 400-pound guy or a guy 350 or even a guy 280? How how short he is, he's only 170 pounds, and it seems, you know, almost impossible. Absolutely. Now, Dominic, uh, a few days ago you mentioned it on your hotline. I talked about it on my uh, Facebook and Twitter. Tell us uh, the story about Connor to the listening audience if they didn't see it. About who? Connor the Crusher, the uh, young man who passed away. Oh, uh, Connor, yeah. That was a -a make-a-wish kid. That Daniel, he loved Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan went to go and see him. And the kid's dream was to meet Daniel Bryan and go to one of the pay-per-views, WrestleMania, I think. And he did. And the kid passed away at nine years old. And they made up a shirt for him, Connor, Connor, Connor. Instead of saying yes, 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 with his picture on it, and it's it's white trimmed with, with the maroon, like Daniel Bryan, and he's got his hands, fingers pointed up like Daniel Bryan does. So I ordered it, and all the money that they get from selling them T-shirts go to cancer research. Oh, okay. That's cool. And it's got Connor on there look, looking like Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With a beard? No, no, no. They gave him a regular, you know, his regular face. Oh. Uh, that was very sad. I mean, the part where uh, he's pinning Triple H, he was so happy. Yep. You know, it almost makes you shed a tear. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 it did to me. Yep. JJ, have you seen the uh, clip that I'm referring to? Yes, I believe the WWE even released a uh, a video, a tribute video uh, of Connor the Crusher, and you know, I remember seeing photos of him maybe even a few years ago, you know, uh, with uh, Daniel Bryan, where I believe he was he even put uh, Bryan, uh, he met him backstage, and he put Bryan in the yes lock, which uh, it's a very uh, it's a very cute uh, picture. Yeah, I ever- saw that. That's funny. They were having a lot of fun. Yeah, that's you know uh, that's what it's all about, and they they really did everything they could uh, to make that kid just you know be on cloud nine. So uh, oh. it's very cool what they did afterwards. As uh, Dominic said, the T-shirt, and uh, as I said, there's a, a YouTube video that they WWE released a tribute to him that's very moving. It's uh, just uh, one of those uh, great uh, pieces that uh, you just have to see. It's it's really cool. It'll definitely. Uh, change your perspective on certain things and sort of, you know, make you realize what's really important. They interviewed the kid's father, and he said, for the moment when he was having so much fun with the wrestlers, I forgot (laughs) my son was even sick. Hmm. And there's rapists and killers and child-molesting motherfuckers walking the earth, and God don't do nothing about that. Yeah, Dominic, you even said, I think, something like, uh, why would God do something like that? You had mm-hmm. some questions about God. Yeah, right? a couple of callers commented, 
on what they read in the Bible, that God God right. is capable of destroying anything he wants and killing off things that he don't like. Yet if a regular person like us decides to kill off something, we're wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh... Stephanie, uh, did you get a chance to see her all choked up? Stephanie where? On Raw? On that clip. Oh, oh, for Connor, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she really was choked up. I thought you meant on Raw with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, she was choked up all right. She had that all staged that Daniel Bryan would get the hell beat out of him. Because when she started cutting that promo, she was calling him out to take the belt away. That's Who's what the I champion really now? Do. But then Kane dragged him out. Who's the champion now? They don't oh, know what Brian, they're going to do now. They want to see how long Daniel Bryan is going to be out. They yeah. said it's not a fusion surgery. It's actually minor surgery. He's going to be back faster than expected. And uh, they don't know if they're going to strip him of the title or not. Depends on, on what they feel from the doctors. About and JJ, return. getting back to your raw comment, uh, Evolution. Uh, what do you think of uh, the return of Evolution and what they've been doing so far? Well, I think it's been great, you know, especially for the Shield. You know, there's only so many times you can see the Shield versus the Wyatt. They've always had great Mark. matches, but you need something new. And to bring Evolution back, it gives Orton something, it gives Triple H something, it gives Batista something they can sort of sink their teeth in. And at the same time, it's good for the Shield. It's good for them to have these matches and this feud with this uh, three of the top superstars in the WWE, you know, a very memorable faction, you know, 10 years ago that a lot of fans still remember today. And it's just, I think it's, uh, I hate to say it, but I think it's best for business. And I think, you know, lately the past few Raws and SmackDown, especially uh, the lack of, uh, you know, with Brian possibly being out for the next few weeks, you know, you're really depending on the Shield and Evolution. I mean, without the Shield and Evolution, what do you have on Monday Night Raw? Yeah, really. Uh, no question, man. What was your highlight of Raw last night? Uh uh, JJ. Huh. Well, like I said, the highlight easily was Shield and Evolution. You know, they kicked off the show together where Shield attacked them backstage. Evolution came in the middle of the ring about halfway through the show, and they called out the Shield. The Shield came at them again, attacked them yet again. They ended the show with a main event between uh, Batista and Roman Reigns, and then again you have this all-out brawl. And you bring all the heels out, like uh, 3MB, Titus O'Neil, Curtis uh, Axel, and uh, Ryback, Sandow, Brodus Clay, Fandango, and they're all ganging up against the Shield. And yet, somehow, the Shield stand tall and they eliminate everyone standing in the ring. I mean, they've just done such a great job. And uh, the WWE has actually done such an amazing job just sort of protecting them and keeping them on top. How many times... In the last six months, do we see the authority dominate Daniel Bryan, beat the living hell out of Daniel Bryan? But now with the Shield, we're seeing the Shield now every every week or so stand tall and give it back to the authority. So it's kind of refreshing. Now, absolutely. When Vicky Guerrero had the mid card guys come down, 
I would have tweaked that a little bit because we've seen that three or four times. Yeah. I would have had. Oh, yeah. I would have had Sheamus, the Big Show, Mark Henry, and a couple of the other big top tier guys come out and stand there and saying, Stephanie, you want your boys to come to the ring? Let them get through us first before before they get to the ring and go after the shield. They got to get through us. Absolutely. And uh, Blackjack, you were at the pay-per-view. How was that, first of all, and how was your trip? It was beautiful. The matches were uh, great as well. I had a great time at that pay-per-view. And um, the Shield uh, is is going to be a a dominating force uh, to reckon with. They got a lot of things on their plate. Uh, how was your trip back? Beautiful. Same like way, only in reverse. Yeah, but uh, Blackjack, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't fly, right? Hell no. And track all the way. Flying. So what was the longest ride you ever took to a wrestling event? Two and a half days, Las Vegas, Halloween Havoc. I was at Halloween Havoc with you. Yeah, you flew. <laughs> that's right. You, pay, you you spent two and a half days? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy indeed. Are you all the way down? Uh, Are you uh, all the way back? <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, JJ, uh, from Raw, what would you give it on a scale of one to ten? Then I want to get Dominic's take on Raw. You know, like I said, I enjoyed Raw. I liked the, the Shield and Evolution. You know, unfortunately, Daniel Bryan couldn't do much because they had to acknowledge the fact that he was injured. Uh, you know, we saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan come out. We saw, oh. yeah, you know, he's there promoting Legends House, but at the same time, they're trying to help, you know, push this Rusev guy. And, uh, you know, Rob Van Dam had a quick match. Paige had a quick match with Alicia Fox. There was this sort of controversy where Alicia Fox quit on the WWE app, but I don't think she left. I think she's still with the WWE, so don't look too uh, too much into that. But, you know, it was, it was a good show. Was it a, was it a great show? Was it a must-see show? I, I don't think it was a, a 10, but I definitely think it, you know, was maybe about an 8 or a 7.5. You know, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, Dominic, your take on Monday Night Raw. I give it a zero. I fucking hated it. It was too much. The Shield and Evolution. The matches were too quick. Um, They didn't have that many matches, and what they did have was quick. Too much Stephanie, too much authority. um, Too much of the same stuff week after week. And... uh... Payback, uh, what do you think is going to happen with the, uh, J.J.? Uh, who do you see that leading up to as far as the main event? Well, Payback will have its second year right here in Chicago, and uh, we're leading towards John Cena versus Bray Wyatt in a last-man-standing match. Of course, we're going to see Evolution in the Shield again. So, I mean, those two matches should be, you know, very interesting to say the least. What else they do on the card you know, I, I haven't a, a clue. Of course, being in Chicago, you're going to expect some controversy with some passionate punk fans. 
despite the fact that, you know, I think a lot of people know by now that he's probably not returning back anytime soon. Back in March when they had Raw, there was a big question mark. We didn't know what was going on. A lot of fans, they just wanted him to be there. I don't know if they're going to be as loud. I don't think they're going to hijack the show, but at the same time, it's Chicago. It's like when Brett was in Canada and you heard the You Scoot Brett chants. You're going to hear some CM Punk chants at Payback, whether you like it or not. I got a Absolutely. feeling they're going to do Rusev at the pay-per-view. I think they're going to do Rusev against Big E Langston. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's listen to this clip, and uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. Should Kenta and Price compete in WWE Tough Enough? And you know what? To go back to the Tough Enough thing for a second, I was just thinking earlier, you know, the news came out this week that Kenta is leaving Pro Wrestling Noah. Kenta is the biggest star in the Pro Wrestling Noah promotion over in Japan. Uh, Daniel Bryan has talked about Kenta as being one of, if not his most favorite opponent. They had tons of matches back when Bryan was in Ring of Honor. Uh, some of them I saw, they were great. Kenta's a great wrestler. And there was a whole, not a controversy, but there was a whole thing a few months ago where he actually flew to the States after a loop of shows in Japan. He flew over here, and he spent like a week down at the Performance Center in Orlando, and that had everybody thinking, oh, okay, this must be a tryout, he must be coming to WWE, or they're considering him. And he, he pretty much shot that down after the fact. He flew back to Japan. He said, well, it was always a dream of mine to possibly be in WWE, and I just wanted to go and check out the Performance Center and train and lock up with those guys and just see what they're all about and, and basically just live a dream. It doesn't mean I'm going. I wasn't there for a tryout. He denied the whole thing. And I didn't really buy that much at the time. I figured, look, the guy is flying all the way from Japan after the shows that he performed at, flew over to the States, spent like a week here training down in Orlando. He, he wasn't training in Orlando just for the hell of it. They didn't bring him in uh, and had people evaluating him, apparently, just for the hell of it. Clearly, he was being considered for a roster spot. It was a tryout. How serious it was, who knows? Apparently, it was serious enough because... Uh, there's no confirmation, but if I had to bet money, I would put money down that Kenta is on his way to WWE. Uh, he is being very coy about that right now. That may just be because his contract doesn't end with Pro Wrestling Noah for another couple weeks. My guess would be mid-May. We'll find out more. And WWE maybe will make some sort of announcement. If they bring him over, that's a huge coup. I mean, he's not an old guy. He's 33, so he's not he's not young either. But... He's a great wrestler, and I, I don't know how his, his English is and that sort of stuff, because that's kind of important if you come over here to be able to communicate and, and do interviews and stuff like that. But if they pick him up, that's a big pickup for them. And supposedly there's still an outstanding offer to Prince Devitt. So there's a lot of really great talent that could very well be coming over to the Performance Center and, and, and NXT, because I have no doubt that if these guys sign, they're going to NXT first. doesn't matter how good you are. You will pass through NXT first, probably get a name change and a gimmick change and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't think those guys need that, but that's just how they do things down there. But I was just thinking, you know, if Kenta comes over and Prince Devitt signs and comes over, would they put them on a new season of Tough Enough, almost as like ringers on the show? And would that be the worst thing in the world? Because at first, when you think about that, the idea of putting a guy like a Kenta who's got years of experience and Prince Devitt who's just phenomenal – and bringing them over and putting them on a, on a show where, again, I don't know what the rebooted version might look like, but traditionally, Tough Enough was about bringing up guys, independent wrestlers, uh, people who, you know, have only 
kind of toiled around in the minor leagues, so to speak, and to see if they can cut the mustard in WWE. And they do the eliminations, and you get voted off, and that sort of thing. And they had Matt Cross on the last season of Tough Enough. And Matt Cross is a good wrestler, too. You know, he's a good uh, independent wrestler. He's been around for a while. He was like the second person, I think, eliminated on, on Tough Enough. And that you know, pissed off a whole bunch of people. Austin Aries was considered. I think, actually, Austin Aries was supposed to be on the original cast for the new season of Tough Enough, but that was when Kevin Dunn and WWE got involved with the production company, and they saw the list of guys, and there were a few different indie guys on there, including Aries, and they're like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't want these guys. We don't want this to be a show full of just indie guys. We'll have one which I guess is why they left Matt Cross on there, but then they just brought in all these other people because they were looking for personalities. They don't give a shit if you're a, a great independent wrestler. That's not really what they're looking for. So this time I just wonder, though, if, if they did sign these guys and they have Tough Enough as this new vehicle on the network and they want to try to get these guys over, I don't know. Is it really that horrible of an idea to put those guys, or, or one of them, let's say, on Tough Enough to try to help get them over? I mean, they'd have to win. I mean... Yeah, you, know, you have them on Tough Enough, and then you cut them on week two, and that's just a complete waste. But if the idea was, let's bring these guys in as ringers and put one or both of them on Tough Enough and use that as a way to actually get them over. Like, that's our big idea, how we're going to get these guys introduced and kind of separate them. Instead of just having them in NXT and debuting like everybody else, just another guy, maybe in their mind that could be a way to help get these guys over. I, I don't know. I'm just... You know, I heard the Tough Enough news, I heard the Kenta news, he may come over, and I just thought, I wonder if they would do that. And I wonder if that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Because I don't know, I mean, their history, you know, their track record when it comes to you know, the Japanese guys or the Asian talent, spotty. They have a spotty record when, when it comes to uh, international talent foreign. I'm not talking about UK guys, I'm talking more other parts of the world I am not entirely enthusiastic about that when it comes to their uh, their history with those guys. So if they want to try something different, maybe that's not the worst idea in the world. Okay, JJ, I want to get to you on the, on your thoughts. Well, bringing Kenta in, I've heard a lot about him. I haven't seen a lot of his matches, but I've heard so much about him for the last you know few months. So many people, uh, Daniel Bryan, even CM Punk, were discussing him and what if, if he came to the WWE. And uh, he makes a great point. Uh, you know, with the WWE, you could bring him in and have him, you know, debut on the main roster. And here's the problem is, even though there's a large audience of fans who know him and recognize him, this is the WWE. And the WWE is a global audience. The public, the main WWE fans will not know who this guy is. And if he doesn't speak a lot of English and they can't really connect to him, the best thing to do might be to put him on an NXT or a new rebooted Tough Enough on the WWE Network and to introduce him there and to have the fans form some sort of connection towards him. So eventually when he does show up, on the roster on NXT, people are familiar with him. You know, the more larger audience is familiar with him, and they can hopefully then back him up and su support him when he's in the ring. I mean, Tough Enough has had a lot of hit and misses. When you look at Maven and Nadia and Josh Matthews, Chris Nowinski, Jackie Gata, Matt Morgan, Kenny King, uh, John Morrison, I think even Awesome Kong was a part of Tough Enough, and uh, a few others uh, have been a part of Tough Enough over the years. 
And, you know, some have had success, some haven't. You know, I think even Molina was a part of Tough Enough. I'm trying to think of, of some others who made it. I think Ryback was a part of Tough Enough back in 2004. And, of course, the the boogeyman and the, the Miz, the Miz who, you know, who, he headlined WrestleMania. And he's, you know, probably the most successful person to come out of Tough Enough. And he's been doing movies with the WWE. But other than that, they haven't had a lot of hits. So, I don't know. I mean, tough enough, like I said, it's a hit and miss. On the one hand, it helps the fans recognize him, but on the other side, it could hurt him. I don't know if that's the best way to go, but uh, to the WWE, maybe they think it is, and maybe it's a way, like I said, for the fans to have some sort of emotional connection with him. I would love to just see him get in there and wrestle, but with the WWE, you never really know what they're thinking, and they're always making last-minute changes, so who knows what they do, but I hope to see Kenta in a WWE ring soon. I forgot okay, Matt Dominic, Morgan what came about out you? of that. I forgot Matt Morgan came out of there. Yeah, Matt Morgan was, I think, uh, in the second season of uh, Tough Enough. That was the one where uh, Jackie Gaeta and Linda Miles won. Kenny King as well was a part of uh, Tough Enough. Yeah, Kenny King I remember, yeah. Well, I think Mark- if you're a guy that's an established star, you should go right to the main roster. But McMahon wants to change you, change your name, make you wrestle WWE style, and all of that. So maybe that's all for the better. Now, I read that they bring in back Sakamoto, who was the handler for Tenzai, to help Kenta with the English language, which is always a problem when they bring in the Mexicans or or the Japanese, like you said. Yeah. But now somebody asked me on my hotline, Kurt Angle's contract is ready to be up, mm-hmm. and he wants to retire with the WWE. Yes. You think WWE will send him to Florida again before they put him on the main roster? A guy like Kurt? I don't think so. No, that would be terrible and insulting yeah. to a veteran. So. He's a veteran almost. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's in, uh, he'll be the Hall of Famer. Uh, when it's all oh, said yeah. and done, first Kurt Angle. You know, he came in, won the champion, won the Inter, won the, won the tag, and won the uh, world, like, in record timing. Yep. And not to mention, he's a tremendous athlete, Kurt Angle. Uh, he's one of my favorites in uh, the whole business. Yes. Uh, but I did speak to his uh, lead PR guy, and uh, is it the same guy was telling you he's going to be staying in that in that TNA, didn't you? Well, I'm telling you that he's staying in TNA for now because the taxes and the workload is so much easier right now. Uh, but he's not ruling out a possibility of returning. To the WWE, he just doesn't want to be bombarded. Uh, that's what I was told. So, uh, you know, right now they have Sting coming in. They have, uh, you know, Cena. They have the guys they need for next year's rest. They're set in terms of talent. So they don't need Kurt Angle. You know, Kurt Angle is fine right now. They just he might is. with this guy getting hurt now with the neck injury. With who? Ryan. Ryan. Well, uh, that's that's. Uh, I think Brian will be okay when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think so too. We definitely hope for the best. 
But uh, once you get injured, man, it's hard to always recover 110%. Yeah. They said it's not a fusion surgery like the other guys got, you know, like Dean Malenko got. That was all neck fusion. They can say whatever they want, but every everybody reacts differently to these things. You know, hopefully, yeah, you know, he can yeah. come back 110% like Cena has done with his injuries, you know. Right. But that pertains to a lot of different things, and to keep them, uh, you know, uh, feeling good, you know. So we can just hope for the best with, with all this stuff. Look at even Triple H. You know, his, his yeah, legs were giving really, him some uh, the trouble there when I seen him at the uh, uh, pay-per-view. But then he put a, a, a great match. Absolutely. Well, uh, I want to thank Jim Powers. He was a class act. Oh, uh, everybody agree? JJ? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Great guy, man. Really cool having him on. It's awesome. One of the best classical uh, wrestlers. Of all time, he was pretty good. He remembered the little gloves. Of They're course, who can remember? Forget me, brother. Yes, and now you live with the uh, WWE Network. So yeah, that's what I'm hearing. That's what you're hearing, right? Uh, you've seen uh, the Blackjack JJ, right? On the WWE Network. <laughs> Have you? We we got those uh, communication problems again, brother. Yeah, well, everybody's getting muted. What's happening? Is it you and me, King? Can you hear me, King? Okay, JJ, JJ, you with us? Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, anything you expect? Uh, look, um, impact, Dominic. Impact should be Any good up- this week. They got stuff in the can from the previous taping that they didn't show yet. Right. So, um, impact should be pretty worth good watching. this week. What? It's worth watching, mm. Impact. Yeah. Mm. It's got to be better than Raw. <laughs> uh, JJ, uh, have you been following TNA as of late, or not really, or so, so? Yeah, I've been following TNA, and now they kind of have this thing where, of course, as we know, you know, Eric Young is the TNA world champion, and they've been trying to have a new number one contender, and just uh, the most recent impact, it was announced that MVP will be the challenger to uh, the TNA championship at Slammiversary. MVP and Eric Young will have a match. This is sort of like MVP. I don't know. I don't know if he didn't quite turn heel, but I think, you know, this is definitely the direction they're going with, with having sort of Eric challenge the authority and MVP, and now MVP wanting the championship. So, you know, we'll see how this develops, you know, this week and c- continuing up to Slammiversary. According to my notes, MVP has got his own version of the authority. Mm. Yeah, MVP uh, was once really something special in WWE. I remember they had a, he has to wear that suit because of those tattoos or something like that. Yeah, I don't know why. We see a million guys with a million tattoos. Undertaker, um, yes. CM Orton. Punk, uh, one of the guys, uh, what's his name, Phineas Godwin, he was loaded with tattoos. But they say one of MVP's tattoos is of Malcolm X. 
and they don't want nobody seeing that. A lot of his oh, really? gang tattoos oh, from when he was in prison. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, great show tonight, guys. Uh, Jim Powers was awesome. He wasn't good. He was awesome. Uh, he gave he gave us inside stuff. He answered all our questions. And uh, if he's hearing this, thank you, Jim. You were awesome. And I'm going to end the show with his theme song because he deserves it. So, uh, Dominic, do you want to give uh, Jim a thank you? Yeah, Jimmy, thank you, man. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure being on with you. You're a class act, bro. JJ? Yeah, definitely uh, an honor, you know, to talk to someone as a fan and to be able to have the, the conversation. Just, you know, just shoot the breeze with him and talk as a fan and to have him answer my questions. You know, it's a really great experience. So thank you, Jim. Uh, awesome, man. Everybody was uh, was great tonight. Blackjack, definitely one of the best interviews uh, as King has always has divided so far. It was pretty good. Awesome show. Thanks, guys. We'll see you here next week, same time, same channel. All right, my brother. All right, take care, guys. Have a good week.